Welcome to Teen Wealth Radio, a show just for teens, their parents, and educators to come together and discuss the issues that are affecting our youth today. Your host is Brandy England. Brandy is joined each week by amazing guests, as well as a regular panel of co-hosts who are here to give you ideas and encouragement every step of the way. We also have plenty of other surprises on today's show. So let's get started. Here's your host, Brandy England. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Teen Wealth Radio. Um, Guess what? I'm not the host today, which is kind of exciting for me. I'm super busy with work. And so I have an incredible actor here in my office who has a really great life story that uh, they're going to share. Their name is Cass Wanden. And Cass came all the way from New Zealand to be with us here in Canada to try out an acting career here in Hollywood North. Um, But Cass has gone through a lot of unique things in life and has some great tips for you. So I'm going to leave and let Cass take it away. Cass, there you go. There's your audience. <laughs> Kia ora My name is Cass. I uh, come from New Zealand and I'm, yeah, I'm one of Brandy's acting crew. She's trying to sneak out of the room as quietly as possible. <laughs> All right. Now Brandy's gone. It's my time to play. <laughs> All right, first off, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. So uh, as Brandy said, my name is Cass. I use they, them pronouns. I'm transgender, non-binary. I grew up in Aotearoa, New Zealand, in uh, the capital city of Wellington. And I moved to Canada in my early 20s, uh, first as a university student at the University of Victoria, and then uh, later came back with my fiance uh, to settle down here in Canada. Uh, so that's kind of me in a nutshell. I am an actor, I'm a writer, I do a little bit of this and that, and in between I do the things that pay the bills. Um, and today I thought uh, we could talk a little bit about uh, the kind of thing you go through uh, when you lose friends, the sort of emotional journey of, of losing people who are important to you, and then uh, also the journey of becoming a, a stronger person in yourself. Um, so throughout my life, as I've, you know, as a kid, when I changed schools and then later as I've moved jobs and moved countries, I've gained and lost friends. And sometimes those are sort of natural transitions. You just find yourself not spending time with the same people anymore and drift apart. And sometimes they're more abrupt kind of losses. And uh, I in particular wanted to talk about Um, An incident a couple of years ago where I lost a whole group of friends in the space of about an hour. Um, And this was was something that happened, uh, like I said, just a couple of years ago. Um, But it's the same kind of thing that you go through a lot um, in your teens uh, and that I definitely went through a couple of times in my teens. And it doesn't get different. It doesn't become a different experience when you're older. Um, It's just a matter of whether you have learned the skills to deal with it, Um, but it will always be the same thing. So it's equally applicable in your teen years and then later in life as well. For me, uh, this was a group of friends that I had online, and um, we were super close to the point that uh, my phone would be ringing kind of every minute of every day that it would be 24 hours chat going in our in our group chat and uh, we were close enough that we sort of called each other uh, family and then one day uh, I had a difference of opinion with one of the other people in the group and it turned into a huge fight 
where basically both of us were sort of ignoring the other person's point and just saying what we wanted to say. And it was over something that, in retrospect, seems incredibly trivial. But the upshot of it was that in the space of about an hour, I lost my entire social circle. Um, they'd all been friends with each other longer than they'd known me. And so when push came to shove, I was out. And this was a huge blow. This was the kind of pain, you know, the kind of social pain that I hadn't felt since I was about 14 or 15 that I wasn't expecting to feel so suddenly, especially not when, you know, I considered myself to be an adult at this point. I thought I was sort of past that kind of deep social trauma. You never really get past that kind of um, being able to withstand that kind of blow, especially when it's people that you know and trust and that you consider to be your entire life. And what happened that afternoon was sort of in, in the wake of losing all of these friends so very suddenly, I ended up actually calling a suicide hotline. And it wasn't because I wanted to die. It was because I wanted to live, but I wasn't quite sure how anymore. Um, and that's the kind of thing that you that sometimes happens when you experience that sort of sudden shock. It turns into a real crisis. Uh, and if I were hearing myself tell the story, knowing nothing else about what happened, I might even think it was a little bit silly to be so upset over people that I'd never actually met face to face. Um, but, you know, we all feel the things that we feel. And so for me, this was bad enough that I wasn't quite sure where to go from there. And, you know, I got through it. it that day, I got through that one day and decided that I was going to take it just that next day at a time. And it was a process. And it's always going to be a process no matter what you're going through with those kinds of things, especially if they're very sudden and, and they hurt a whole lot. But one of the things that, that resulted for me from this was for a long time, I believed that I was a bad person because of this, um, particularly because I'd lost this whole group of friends and they'd all sided with the other person. And I felt like it was all my fault. And when you lose a whole group of people it can feel awful if you think it's not your fault, and it can feel almost worse if you think it is. And so for a long time, I was trying to uh, insulate myself from other people, and I was trying to build up this sort of emotional armor so that I would never again get close enough to anyone that they could hurt me by leaving. And I think that's a quite a natural response when you've opened yourself up a lot to someone and then they leave and they take everything that you thought was good about yourself with them. And so I spent a long time trying not to get close enough to anyone new. Um, and that lasted for about six months. I basically spent six months uh, on the surface of social engagement, particularly online, uh, particularly in the online circles where I had originally made those friends. 
And for those next six months, I told myself that it was much safer to be alone and to have no friends than to give anyone else an opportunity to get close enough to find out something that they could dislike about me. And after about six months of this, one day a girl messaged me and she had been in moving in the same circles that I moved in online. Um, I'd probably actually noticed her a few times before, but I'd never really talked to her. And so I'd, I'd spent essentially six months of complete isolation getting only the fringes of other people's uh, sort of engagements online. And this was particularly a a writing circle that I was in because I'm an author. And then after six months, this girl who had been sort of reading my work and leaving comments here and there actually reached out. And she'd responded to some of the things that I said. She'd replied to some of my tweets and she'd left comments on some of my work. And one day she sent me a message and I don't even know what it was anymore. It was probably just something super simple about having noticed uh, something that I tweeted about being in Vancouver and uh, probably actually she was checking to make sure that I was okay because that year we had a, a whole lot of wildfires going on in BC. And this girl messaged me and she was one of the first people who had actually reached out to me Um, since I had lost this whole group and since my entire social life had basically collapsed. And so getting a message from someone new was sort of scary for me because I'd essentially told myself that this was no longer going to be a thing that I did. I was no longer going to reach out to other people or let them reach out to me. I was going to stay in my little shell and I would be safe there. Um, And so when she messaged me, I tried to be very aloof and not give her too many details. You know, she asked, uh, am I right in thinking you live in BC? Are you okay with all the wildfires there? And I would say, oh, yes, uh, I am in BC. Yes, I'm fine. Thanks very much. Goodbye. Um, But she persisted and she kept messaging me. And this was a person who knew basically nothing about me other than the stories that I wrote and uh, the tiny amount that she got through my tweets and you know, my Twitter account had changed uh, since the whole fiasco of losing that entire group of friends. So she basically knew none of all of that that had happened. She only knew what she read in my stories and the little bit that she could glean through you know, what I shared, um, the kinds of things that I didn't mind people knowing about me because they weren't super deeply personal. But she kept messaging me and she kept, you know, telling me um, her thoughts on my writing and just sharing things about her day. And little by little, she managed to get little bits out of me as to what was actually going on in my life. Um, And it was it was tiny, minor things. So first she got out of me that, yes, I did live in B.C. Yes, it was very smoky. 
And then she managed to get out of me that I had a job, that I worked in a shop. Um, just the tiny little things, work is going good today. It was the little details that you share with people that really don't mean all that much. But to me, having isolated myself for so long, it felt so deeply personal to share that with anyone. And I was giving her these tiny little bits of information that uh, basically told her, yes, I am a person. Um, and yes, I am willing to let you know a little bit about me. Um, and we will continue the story after the break. We're going to hear um, a little bit of ads and then we'll come back and I will tell you where we went from there, me and that girl. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Hey you. Yeah you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real. Real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Every day, we're surrounded by technical buzzwords and jargon that can go way over our heads. Now, there's a show that brings it all back down to earth. Tune in for today, Tomorrow's Technologies, with host Jose Negron. We'll not only explain the new technologies that are shaping our world, we'll give you the benefits and backstory of these technologies. Listen for T3 with Jose Negron, live every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Thanks so much, everyone. Um, so we were talking about this girl that had been messaging me on Twitter, um, having read some of my stories and read some of my tweets. And... Uh, 
so it got to the point where I was starting to give herself details about myself and about my life. Uh, she only knew me at this point under my uh, pseudonym that I used for my online writing. Uh, but she was starting to get a picture of what I was like as a person. And I was starting to put together a picture of her. Um, and we basically ended up chatting for a little bit every day, particularly um, because I worked at that point. Um, I was working at a tea store and I was the only I was basically sole employee open to close. And so when there were no customers, I was dead bored. And so the way I passed my time was by messaging this girl who seemed to be extremely fond of me, um, considering that she had never seen a picture of my face. She didn't know my real name. And after a while, I realized that she had actually become my best friend and I'd never seen her face. We'd never shared pictures of ourselves. That was one of the things that I kept very close to my chest. I didn't want to show anyone my face um, because I basically wanted to be completely anonymous online. I wanted people to know my writing and nothing else um, because I was absolutely convinced that if they knew anything else about me other than my writing, that they would find something that they hated. But here I was, um, you know, several weeks, maybe a month or two into talking to this girl. And I realized that she actually, by this point, knew a whole lot about me. And she still hadn't found something that made her hate me. And so one day I mentioned to her um, that it, it was so weird to me that we'd been friends now for several weeks and we hadn't seen pictures of each other. And so we decided to send each other selfies. And it was possibly the most nervous I have ever been in my life, um, waiting to first off to see a picture of this girl and secondly to get her reaction to my face because we knew very little about each other in the way of demographic information. Uh, I knew that she was uh, 18 and in her first year of university, and she knew that I was at that point 24 and had graduated university, was living in Vancouver, having moved here. Uh, but aside from knowing that she was a, a college student, I knew nothing about her in the way of, you know, um, what did she look like? What was her ethnicity? You know, what languages did she speak? Um, and then I found out that she spoke French as her first language. And, you know, she sent me a picture and I realized that the picture I'd had in my head of what she looked like was completely wrong. But I actually liked the one that she sent me better. Um, she suddenly became a whole person. And when she saw the picture of me that I sent her, she told me that, you know, she suddenly had a, a face to put to this cool person that she knew. And, you know, this face just made me even more cool, which I have never thought about my own face in my life. And I realized then that she actually really looked up to me. She first looked up to me in writing because she was also a writer. 
and she read my writing and she thought this was incredible and she wanted to be like me one day in terms of writing. And then beyond the writing, she actually started to look up to me in everything else that I told her about um, because she was still living with her mum. She was in her first year at university. She had relatively little in the way of life experience, so she thought. Um, and I had done so much, and she basically looked up to me as a role model. And this really threw me because I basically spent the past six months convincing myself that I was a terrible person and that there was nothing to like or to emulate about me um, and that if I could lose a whole group of friends, probably six to eight different people, if I could make six to eight people hate me in the space of an hour, then there was nothing worth learning from me. And I realized that this girl looked up to me and viewed me as a role model, like a you know cool older sibling. And I decided that instead of trying to convince her that I was not a good role model, I decided to try and become one. Because if this girl, having you know read the things that I wrote and, and seen the things that I tweeted and heard the little bits about my life that I had told her, if she could hear all of that and still view me as a good role model to learn from, then, you know, gosh, I'd better try and live up to that. And so I started consciously trying to set good examples for her. And when she told me about, you know, an argument that she had with uh, her sister, I tried to give her the kind of advice that I wished someone had given me when I was fighting with those six friends. And when she was telling me about how tough things were at school, I tried to talk her through it in a way that was helpful to her rather than being pessimistic or reactionary on my part. Um, because I suddenly realized in being friends with her that I had been reactionary for a lot of my life. And if I had a chance here to help someone not be the same kind of person that I had been, basically if I could help this girl not lose six to eight friends in the space of an hour, then I would have done something good. And that you know, she handed me the chance to become a better person. And I decided in that moment that I was going to take it. And so I embarked upon this kind of journey of becoming a better person. And every day in my conversations with her, I made again and again the conscious decision to do better and be better and be a better example for her because she already looked up to me. And so I might as well make it worth her while. And that was in the summer of 2017. And so that was two years ago. It's just gone two years, actually. And she is still my best friend to this day, my friend Sasha. And still every single day, I try and be a person that she can be proud to know, that she can look up to and you know, that she can learn things from, 
even as she's now experiencing for herself the same things that she looked up to in me. You know, she's now halfway through her degree at university. She's just turned 20. Um, and she's she's now an adult and she now believes in herself that she's an adult. Um, but she still looks to me for an example in a lot of things because I am six years older than her. I have experienced more than she has. And so still every day I'm learning from her and I'm trying to model for her the kinds of behavior that I want to see from the adults that I'm friends with. So it's it's very much, a, you know, she took me when I was uh, closed off and self-isolating and really consciously rejecting the world. And she accepted the the most or the least that I wanted to give in terms of myself and just accepted it at face value, whatever I wanted to share with her. And it's gotten to the point that I share literally everything with her. We talk every single day. I don't think there is a single day in the past two years where she and I haven't um, been chatting online. And that's the other thing. It's still all online. I've still never met her face to face, um, but she is absolutely my best friend and and has been for almost two years because from the moment she started reading my stories up until the present day, she's been 100% happy to know me and to accept me exactly the way that I am. And in in receiving that kind of unquestioning acceptance from her, I learned to give it back. So there's a whole lot that she has, that she's working through in her own life um, that are, are just, some of them are just part of growing up and some of them are particular to her and her situation. But I've realized that I have the power to reflect back to her the kind of radical acceptance and care that she gives me. And no matter what she tells me about the problems she's facing or the decisions that she makes, um, I have the power to accept that and to support her in those decisions, um, whether or not I would make the same decisions myself. And realizing that you can be that accepting and caring of someone else is incredibly freeing and incredibly powerful um, because it takes the feeling of responsibility that we all have in the friendships and relationships that we have and it reduces it by half. All I'm responsible for in my friendship with her is trying to be the best person that I can be. I'm not responsible for what she does. I am only responsible in what I give to her, not in what she gives back to me. And when we both take that personal responsibility and just focus on being good to each other, it creates a really kind of powerful relationship where all we are is good and kind to each other. I don't think we've ever had a single fight. And if we carry on this way, I don't think we ever will. Uh, we're going to take another quick break right now. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about uh, where I went from there, having decided to become a good person. 
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com hey you yeah you are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up well we can help what if we gave you the money to start your own business all you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN that's 1-855-866-8336 globalteenwealth.org we're here to get you started on your future are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports if so tune in to the mike abadir show it's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to brandy at globalteenwealth.com. That's brandy with an I at globalteenwealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we just left off talking about um, my best friend, Sasha, how we met and how we came to be such good friends uh, through being just completely accepting of each other and what we wanted to give. So having kind of realized that I could be a good role model for someone younger than me and having realized that I could talk to someone about what she was going through and not judge her for the choices that she made, I decided to try and put those skills um, to use, basically. I tried to take the new emotional strength that I had found to be myself without requiring anything of someone else and to accept other people without requiring that they be something specific for me. I decided to take those skills and use them to do some good. And the opportunity to do this came up completely by chance. I had basically signed up on a list with someone saying, yes, I'd be interested in doing this thing if the opportunity arises. And they emailed me back months after I'd forgotten about it, saying, uh, we would like to train you to volunteer with a suicide helpline. And I kind of looked at this email and I thought, 
I don't remember signing up for this. I don't remember putting my name in and saying that I would be willing to do this. But you know what? I totally am. And so I started the process of training to be a crisis helpline responder. Um, and the particular helpline that I volunteer with isn't uh, on the phone. So I'm not answering calls. It's a chat line. So it's all live chat. People come to the website and chat in and, and speak to a volunteer. And the process of training for this took about ooh, probably three months for me. Um, or, yeah, possibly even more than that, maybe closer to six months of online seminars and um, training modules and practice chats. And through that training process, I formally learned some of the things that I had realized for myself um, through becoming friends with Sasha. And those things were uh, things like when someone tells you something that they're feeling, instead of putting your own judgment on it, sort of giving it back to them and just acknowledging that you understand what they're feeling, um, which was something that I had initially been doing in my conversations with Sasha as a way of not giving her any of myself. Um, but after a while, I had realized that in not giving her my own opinion on things, I was allowing her to have whatever opinion she needed to have on what was happening in her own life, which was way more powerful than me hearing her problems and just telling her what I thought. And so this actually became a great skill um, for uh, crisis helplines. And that kind of reflection just taking what someone says and just validating that you understand what they're feeling is one of the, the crucial first skills that you learn when you decide to train and volunteer with a suicide helpline. Um, and that was a, a huge process of learning for me and it's actually changed a lot how I interact with people in my day-to-day -day life. Uh, for a while, as I was doing this training, I was, or after I was doing this training, once I was um, a fully-fledged um, helpline volunteer, I was working customer service, and I found it uh, immensely helpful there as well. When you're dealing with an angry customer, rather than taking on their anger as a reflection on you, just validating that you understand that they're angry and that you know, there are valid reasons for them to be angry right now. And it actually really helped me a lot in my day job, not feel like I was being snowed under by the weight of what everyone else was feeling towards me, because they weren't actually feeling it towards me. They were feeling it towards a situation and telling it to me. And that's a lot of what people who chat in or make calls to suicide helplines are doing too. They're feeling a lot about whatever particular crisis they're going through and you're the person there that they're telling it to. And so being able to not put your own judgments on that and to just validate what they're feeling is incredibly powerful. And in terms of why I chose to volunteer and why I continue to volunteer, I think back to the day about two and a half years ago when I lost half a dozen friends in the space of an hour. 
and having lost my entire social circle, I picked up the phone and made a call to a suicide hotline, not because I wanted to die, but because I wanted to live and I wasn't sure how. And I see that, that same kind of crisis in the people that chat in and speak with me. They, some of them do want to die, but feel like they shouldn't. And some of them don't want to die, but can't think of anything else to do at the particular point that they're at in their lives. And the way I see it is if I can help even one person work through the crisis that they're in and come out the other side still intact and with a game plan to make some changes or even just a plan to get through the next day and the next day and the next day after that, then I will have done the same amount of good that the person that I spoke to did for me two and a half years ago. And when you're talking to a lot of people who are very, very unhappy on a regular basis, for me it's um, four hours a week. So I do two two-hour shifts, two days a week, um, which feels like a lot more than it sounds like. When you're talking to that many unhappy people every week, you have to have a lot of skills to not let that um, destroy your own emotional strength. Because it is a lot. You're talking to people about their trauma and about the things that are happening to them, either situations beyond their control or situations that they feel they have gotten themselves into. Sometimes it's things that other people are doing to them that, you know, you you feel like someone should be stopping, but all you can do is talk to the person who's experiencing it and help them through what they're feeling. And you have to be able to not let that destroy you emotionally. And those skills as well have benefited me a lot in my day-to-day life because I've always been a, a person who wants to reach out and help other people. And it's so much easier to help other people, whether they're friends or family or strangers, when you know you can give them the support that they need without letting it crush you. And it's it's something that I feel like I'll keep using, you know, even if I no longer volunteer with a, uh, this particular helpline or any other helpline, the skills of being able to hear what someone is saying and just validate it without putting your own spin on it and being able to talk to someone who is experiencing the worst moments of their life without it breaking you or without taking it on and and keeping it with you for a long time after the conversation has ended. Those things help a lot in making you a stronger person. And in the work that I've done over the past two and a half years to become stronger in myself, I think that's sort of the crux of it is 
being able to have that strength in myself and not making it about what other people are feeling, uh, whether it's what they're feeling about what's going on in their lives or whether it's what they're feeling about me. Um, and it's it's incredibly difficult, you know, building up those skills to hear about people's trauma and not let it break me. But it's also incredibly rewarding when you can do that, when you can have those conversations and have pe- the people that you talk to come out the other side of those conversations with a plan in place and feeling better than they did before they started talking to you. And I've definitely had a couple of conversations that have left me feeling incredibly hopeful that the work that I do there, volunteering with that helpline, can save lives and change lives. Um, And definitely the... I'm incredibly supported by the supervisors there. And um, (laughs) I just want to give a quick shout out to all the supervisors that I've worked with at that helpline and they'll know who they are Um, because the volunteers that work at or that uh, staff these um, helplines do a whole lot of really hard work and the supervisors are always there to talk us through it and to make sure that we feel supported and it kind of goes to show that it's all a bit of a chain you know if if you call into a suicide hotline you're talking to someone who's supporting you and then they have someone who's supporting them and you know the supervisors also have people supporting them and it really it, it goes up in a chain and we all sort of rely on each other and that's it's a very structured representation of how we are as a society as well that you know we all do lean on on each other and we all have people that we look up to who support us and you know sometimes they're a friend that you meet on the internet who lives on the other side of the country and sometimes they're family or people who live a bit closer to us Um, But we all lean on each other and sometimes we need to lean on strangers as well. And uh, that's why it's so important to have places like crisis helplines and chat lines who are there to talk when you don't feel like you can reach out to anyone in your um, in your life. Uh, We're going to take another quick break and then we'll be back for the last little bit of our show. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real. Real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. 
And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time the internet's number one talk station number one talk station voiceamerica.com you are tuned in to team wealth radio to join in the conversation send an email to brandy at globalteenwealth.com that's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, everybody. Now we have oh, probably nine minutes left with the fabulous Cass. I know I was listening in the other room while getting some work done and got quite emotional um, because Cass is so honest, and I love that. Um, I do have a few questions that I would like to jump in with for the last little bit um, because a majority of our listeners are young people and friendship becomes such an important thing at that time. And you think, oh, the more friends I have and the more people around me, um, the, the better I'm doing, you know, because we, we don't know. And then us old people have like one friend because yes. we realize that it's yeah. not that. What would you say? Like you lost, I think you said six friends in an hour. Something over, like that, yeah. yeah. What would you say if, if, like after reflecting on all that, what does a friend really mean to you at the end of the day, thinking about maybe back when you were in your high school years? Well, I mean, it's, it's different things to different people. And um, on that particular group of friends, looking back, there were some sort of warning signs that I maybe should have seen. And now being a little bit older and wiser, I probably would see um, but in, in terms of the word friend, uh, for me personally, it's someone that I can be honest with um, about the things that I feel without worrying that they're going to judge me or that they're going to try and make me be something that I don't want to be. Um, and it, it doesn't need to be that deep. A friend can literally be someone that you're comfortable um, playing music with or, you know, someone that you see a lot. Um, or I think the important component in any friendship is trust. Whatever else you share, being able to trust the people that you spend time with is incredibly important for your own mental health. 
Mm. Um, and and I always found honesty and trust really hard as a teenager. I mean, as I get older, I think I find it just as hard. But yeah. back then, it was like, how do you know who you can trust? And and I came up with the answer that you don't. And and that's part of what's exciting about life. And because if you just accept the fact that you you never know, but you still are going to give your best because it could be the person, and it could be not. But just knowing that going in, what do you think about that kind of thing? Yeah, as I think if you are willing to give the best of yourself to someone no matter what they give you in return it gives you a whole lot of of power um and that sort of power in yourself that you can be a friend to anyone regardless of how they then treat you in return Mm. if you give your honest authentic self to someone and they end up taking that you know the things that you've told them and spreading them around half the school then all they've spread is what you would be willing to give of yourself to other people anyway. Mm. If all you've given them is genuine honesty, then the most they can do is spread your honesty to other people. And mm. it's it's still you know not fun when you realize that things that you've told someone have gone places you didn't want them to go. But if the things that you're giving out are ultimately good, then the damage that someone can do by betraying that is limited. Mm. And how old are you now? I am now, I'm about to turn 26 in a couple of months. And in your old age, what is your level of self-confidence now going through life? Uh, still fluctuates and it's still a journey. Um, I'm definitely a whole lot more confident than I was, you know, even two and a half years ago. And I'm way more confident than I was as a teenager. And part of that comes from learning more about myself. Mm. And uh, the things that I love about myself and the things about myself that might be hurting other people. So, you know, I've, I've learned to dismantle some of that um, reactionary instinct that I had a few years ago. Uh, because being reactionary isn't helpful for the people around me. Mm, yeah. And that's one of the, uh, that's probably something that I struggle with still. I mean, I'm 34, almost 35. And I am full emotion. I have a ton of logic and that's how I do well in business usually, but I'm still full emotion when it comes to almost everything. And that's where when I was a teenager and even in my 20s, I was so defensive for everything because I was reactionary, yeah. like you said. Yeah. Do you have any books that you've read or any anywhere that people could turn to find out if they're a reactionary type and learn how to kind of hone that in? Or do you have any suggestions on that? Oh, gosh. I mean... <laughs> Losing a whole bunch of friends and having to completely rebuild your sense of self will do it for you. Mm. <laughs> do you suggest I, that then? <laughs> not really. Um, I There are some sort of resources. Uh, gosh, the only one I can remember off the top of my head, it's so cliche, but um, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People, mm. um, which is timeless, <laughs> which I, I haven't actually read it since I was about 14, but there are some lessons from it that have stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably a whole bunch of bits in it that are um, less relevant to modern times, but it's, you know, it's, what, 80 years old now. Yeah, I was going to say, what was it written in 1916 yeah, like or something? 1930-something. <laughs> but but the, the, the gist of it is the same, you know, basically if you treat other people kindly and honestly and, and you know, it, you reap what you sow, basically, and if you give honesty out, you'll get honesty back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I talked to my... She's now 92, but my when when a couple of years ago I asked my 90-year-old grandmother, I said, now that you're 90, do you ever struggle with your looks and confidence <laughs> and all that? Because I assumed by 90, you know, I would have the answer. And no, no, you're good. Nope. And she goes, yeah, there's still days I wake up and I don't like my hair or my skin or my whatever. And and 
And at first I was like, oh man, that sucks if I'm never going to. And then I realized that it's comforting because if nobody ever knows, then it's always just a journey of learning and it, and it doesn't have to be painful learning all the time. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All we ever do is learn. Basically the day that you stop learning is the day you stagnate and, you know, die inside. Mm, yeah. Um, I just have to ask one question um, because of your volunteer work. Uh, another nonprofit that I am fortunate enough to sit on the board on, um, we, we talk about um, mental health in the service industry for people that work in hotels, restaurants, bars, et cetera, because they don't have medical, much like actors, yeah. <laughs> uh, don't. And so we, we created a nonprofit where we've partnered with um, LifeWorks. <clears throat> and there's an app uh, where people can call and get help all the time, and it's a great app. But there's so many different ones out there. Um, the founder of Mind the Bar, which is that other nonprofit, um, he was struggling himself with depression and was searching for someone to call and talk to. And he wasn't at the point of suicide or considering suicide, but he was really, really low. And he knew he might get there. And so yeah. he wanted to talk to someone before that. And the problem with all the suicide hotlines that he had encountered was they said, oh, you know what, unless you're ready to take your life, we can't help you. So do you happen to have any suggestions of of great sites or chat or phone numbers or anything that people should call or do they just look in their own area online? Um, well, I mean, definitely looking in your own areas is likely to get you the most ac accurate result for you. So yeah. if just Googling, you know, crisis hotline and then your city, state, country, whatever. Mm. Um, but there are some, uh, for instance, if we're looking at the US, um, there is a national suicide uh, prevention, um, which... Uh, there's a text line, crisis text line, which mm. you can go to, which is text space. There's all there's like also um, I'mAlive.org, uh, which is that one's global, so it, it says it's US based, but you can chat in from around the world. Um, and then in terms of phone phone lines, there's uh, the national. I can't remember what it's called, but the, the U.S. National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Mm. Um, but basically just going on Google and, and typing in your location will uh, give you some someone to talk to. That's awesome. Yeah, because there's, I mean, it's there's sometimes when we just need to chat. And I, that's why I like the idea of the, the texting and, and apps and things like that, because yeah. sometimes you don't want to. It can be scary to, to put those things out loud. And also some people are dealing with kind of abuse situations mm. and they can't put these things into words out loud because yeah. that gets them in danger. That's what's scary about like Facebook groups where people yeah. can post too. You never yeah. know. Um, so if you had 15 seconds to make the whole world sit down, shut up and listen to one thing that you had to say advice on anything, what would it be? You can't just put me on the spot like that. I do to everybody. <laughs> Um, you lose nothing by being kind. You lose absolutely nothing by being kind to the people around you, by validating what they're going through, and by being a source of encouragement and support rather than a source of stress and hate. So just all you can do is be yourself and be kind. Awesome. Yeah, I do that to everyone at the very end of the show. A-Rod knows. I yes. like to giggle. <laughs> I think someone did it to me once, too, on the way back because they listened. It was funny. Uh, anyways, everyone, I hope you enjoyed this hour as much as I did. I had a lot of tears and a lot of, uh, what are they called, soul chills, warm fuzzies, all those kind yeah. of things. So um, I'm sure Cass will be back on as a guest again in the future. Cass, thank you so much. You were amazing. Thank you so much. We'll Bucky see time. you guys same time next week, live at 5 every Monday on Voice America. Have a good week. Thanks. 
for being part of Teen Wealth Radio. Please join your host, Brandy England, her guests, and panel of experts again next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an awesome week, and we'll see you here for the next show. 